What is going on, Rotor Grinders? Welcome back to the Sports Guard Grinders Show. I'm your host, Dean. Uh, we come here every single week. Uh, check the you know the YouTube. Feel free to look at our old, uh, our old our old episodes if you you like what you see. Hit the like button, subscribe. We much appreciate that. Of course, us here at RotorGrinders.com, we specialize in daily fantasy sports, but we have since recently branched out uh, into the world of sports cards, and uh, it's been exploding of late. We're going to be talking about that in the show, uh, specifically basketball, as far as what's going on in the bubble and the playoffs, and NFL, of course, is right around the corner. We're going to give you some players that we like based upon where their ADP is. They're, uh, you know, as far as season long, dra- you know, season long drafts. I don't, we don't, we don't really do that in a daily fantasy either. But uh, going to kind of look at some guys that are, you know, based upon their ADP and based upon their card price. Somebody we might kind of isolate coming into the NFL season that we have our eye on. We think has some upside as far as buying their card today. Hopefully, it goes up tomorrow. That said, uh, usual suspects are back: Simon and Brennan. But we do want to bring in. Chris Prince, beer makers fan. Beer, you know, you're a viewer in the show. Of course, we know you from, uh, you know, well, we should say we know you from winning the FanDuel Live Final. Of course, you're, you, you play Daily Fantasy Sports. You do a lot of content here at RG. You also do the six-pack. This is on this uh, this thing as well. Yeah, now you assume you're still pumping up the six-pack for uh, for NBA, uh, NFL around the corner as well, too. But, uh, Beer, you, you've been dabbling in the, the sports card market. What's up? I feel like I wandered into the wrong classroom or the wrong office here. Like, well, well, why, why am I on this show? But yeah, I mean, I, I like everybody else, you know, I used to collect cards back in the day when I was a kid, all through high school, uh, you go off to college, you kind of lose it. You you start partying, you get into other things. And then, you know, you, you see the markets doing well and then you get back into it. So maybe not, not at the level of these guys, these guys definitely are on a higher level, but uh, intrigue nonetheless. So uh, happy to be here, Dino. I'm ready to talk some cards, some takes, some, some players. So ready to get going. Yeah, I know you've been digging, on, digging in on football a ton, and you're going to give us some of the guys you like. Uh, you know, use that football knowledge of yours and basketball knowledge as well and apply it to the sports card market. It is There is a clear correlation, obviously. Simon, what's up, dude? Welcome back. Hey, good to be back, Dean. Good to have beer on the show. We uh, been talking in the past few weeks about using ADP to – get an idea of public sentiment and some of these players. And so we brought in the big gun today with beer to uh, give us his ADP analysis and see if we can find some good value on some of these cards. Yeah. I mean, look, we brought chopper on. So anybody qualifies to join the show, I suppose. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, the the bar has been set low. Chief set it really high and then chopper came in and all of a sudden he derailed the whole thing. Chops also got a million bucks to throw on some cards. So uh, (laughs) he's got that going for him. This is true. Simon, do you overcharge? I know Simon sold some boxes to him. Do you give him that like, Hey, you're a millionaire. Someone overcharged you like a price hike. No, no, I gave him the uh, friends and family discount. So oh, I was, come I was on. probably a sucker. <laughs> I, I know, Beer, you uh, you partook in that friends and family discount from Simon, right? He's always got those those boxes for you. Yeah, he got me some packs, so uh, that's kind of getting just getting my feet wet here, Dean. So I uh, cracked them the other day. No, no major hits there. Did get the John Morant, the the poster card. So uh, the value is not where Simon sold it a couple weeks ago, but uh, still a cool card. And sometimes that's part of collecting is it's not always about what's the most valuable. Sometimes you just have cool looking cards that you want to display or hang on to. And that jaw is certainly one of them, even though he missed the dunk, it's still a hell of a card. We're going to, we're going to show a couple off later on uh, in the mail day. And like, I, I, I agree. I'm somebody like, like beer who collected years ago, but some of the cards I'm seeing these days are pumping out. They're so much, uh, they just pop. They're so much, they're so much nicer to look at, but uh, of course they have plenty of value as well too, which is nice. All right, uh, the NBA bubble, let's talk about it, Brennan. Last time we were here, it was a, an elimination game for Denver. This was a week ago, and I was like, hey, I'm taking the L on Denver. I thought Denver was going to win this series versus Utah. They might actually 
be out by the time you're listening to this. We're, we're recording this on a Tuesday afternoon, that game, game seven for Denver, and Utah goes down in like, what, an hour or two or something like that. Uh, but now we're at game seven, Brandon. We're going to talk about some players um, who have, may have benefited because of the bubble that are still alive. They're still uh, still battling for their playoff lives. And we got Jamal Murray. We got Donovan Mitchell we'll talk about in a second. Uh, but as an overview, uh, what are your thoughts as far as the bubble? Are you enjoying it? How, how is the, the the card market reflecting what's going on? Yeah. So as far as the basketball and the bubble, I've loved it. Uh, you know, obviously we didn't have sports for so long and, and everything else was going on that just having something like this has been really nice. And I think the basketball has been pretty high level uh, for, for the most part now that we're in the playoffs, especially uh, from a card market perspective, uh, we're seeing exactly what we expected. The big performances are driving prices up. Uh, Jamal, uh, Jamal Murray is a great example of that. I believe in the three wins, he has 142 points or something like that. So, uh, you know, Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell have been going back to back and that's been one of the best, uh, one of the best storylines of the bubble. And we've seen their cards move. I will say that we've seen some townward movement on guys that are underperforming or potentially, uh, that have already been kicked out. So I'm, I'm sensing a little bit of market fatigue, which I think could mean as guys are knocked out or as guys underperform, their prices are going to come down. And, and some people might look at that as a bad thing, but I actually think that's rational. That's probably a good thing that the market is behaving in a rational way. Um, so just know that if you see these downward movements, I think that it's been such a crazy run up that we're starting to see some fatigue for even some guys that are still in the bubble. Jason Tatum came down a little bit before I expect him to now come back up if they potentially take that series. Um, but overall the, the bubble has been a lot of fun. Uh, cards have been reacting to big performances like we expect, and we're seeing some downward movement, which I think is healthy. We don't want this thing to be a, a rocket ship to the moon. We want it to act like most markets, which there's ups and there's downs. And so I've uh, overall, I've been very, very happy with what we've seen. Simon, I believe you're going to do a little screen share here. Of course, we're going to use the uh, SCI, sportscardinvestor.com. We're going to use our market mover tool. If you guys like what you see there, you can use uh, you can use it yourself. Get 20% off your first payment, SCI, sportscardinvestor.com, by using the promo code GRINDERS, that's G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S, and check mm-hmm. out the market mover. That's just one of the tools you get there at SCI. Simon, do you have uh, Jamal Murray fired up? I do. And you can see from the chart, the 2016 Prism Basketball Silver PSA 10 had a significant move up, likely due obviously to the recent playoff performance. The Optic, not so much. Optic's been pretty flat compared to that Prism Silver card, but that Silver has definitely felt the impact of of his performance. Beer, uh, your thoughts as far as Jamal Murray, I assume you've been impressed. And then bring Donovan Mitchell into the conversation. We're going to show his screen as well as far as his recent activity. Uh, Simon's going to show it off for us. But Murray versus Mitchell has been so much fun. And, again, by the time people are listening to us, you're probably going to know the results of Game 7. Uh, your thoughts on those two going, doing battle, going at each other. And, hey, who's going who's gonna to win Game 7? Now you want the people to like, be like, oh, well, he's right or he's wrong because they're going to know when they hear this. <laughs> Put me on the fence here, Dean. But it, this has been a fun series to watch. You know, you almost don't want it to end. Game 7 tonight. Game 7s are always fun. You know, even with the atmosphere, not with, with the crazy crowds. I think the NBA has done a really good job of, of piping in enough noise, the interactive fans. Uh, really enjoying the bubble, like Brendan said, but uh, both of these guys have just been outstanding. I mean, putting the team on their back, and they're both guys that, that we kind of saw flashes of this throughout their career, uh, but to take it to a whole new level, and, and this is where legends are made uh, in the playoffs. So these guys continue putting up 50-point games. 
uh, the sky's the limit as far as their upside, their potential, uh, and their card values. As far as who's going to win the game, I think it's going to be Denver. I, I just think their team's a little bit deeper. You know, when you get beyond Mitchell, some of these guys, I, I think Utah could struggle there. But uh, Denver, if they can give anything out of uh, Michael Porter Jr., uh, some of these fringe guys that have sometimes shown up, sometimes haven't, I just think they're the better overall team. So I'll go with Denver. Yeah, we were piping up uh, MPJ like months ago. When he's one of the first guys to talk about when we kind of launched this show. And uh, he's got all, you know, he's been great offensively. He's had some great offensive games. And of course, he's been roasted defensively too. And collectively, Denver has just been horrific in the bubble uh, from a defensive perspective. They've been a little better the, the last couple of games. And that certainly leads to them winning. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you because, hey, that's who I stuck with. I said Denver's going to win it from the start. I thought the Bogdanovich injury would really, really hurt Utah, which I'm sure it does. Uh, I just thought that would be enough for that they couldn't overcome it. And also there was like that Conley and uh, Gobert rumors, them not getting along because of all, well, it dates back to the cold COVID situation. At least that was the rumors out there. Who knows what the truth is. All right. Uh, Brandon, your thoughts as far as Murray versus Mitchell, who's winning this series and you know, who do you want to invest in? And we'll take a look at the screen as far as what's going on with Mitchell's cards in just a second. Yeah, no. So I, I uh, as far as the series is concerned, I also think Denver is going to win. Um, they just have so many ways to attack it. Jamal Murray's put the team on his back, but we know how good Jokic is and how hot Michael Porter Jr. can get, especially if he's still coming off the bench. There's no time to rest uh, for Utah in terms of defense. So I, I am taking Denver. They have the momentum. And, and I love when a guy – I don't know if you guys saw the video clip, but Jamal Murray just broke down in tears after the game. Yeah. And you can tell that guy wants it. He's in there to win, and, and you have to kind of go with that sort of fire and passion. In terms of which one do I want to buy, I don't think either one of them is a good buy right now just because they are the two top names. I mean, you're buying at the peak. Not to say they won't hit new highs at some point next year, but I think this is a really good time to try to, to try to hold off from clicking that buy it now button and and wait till the off season. I do think we're going to see the market as a whole come down a little bit as we kind of move on from this really exciting time that we've had. So uh, both of them for me are long-term buys, but I would want them to come down probably. uh, I don't know if I threw a number out there, it'd be 20%, but like Simon said with Jamal Murray, his optic really hasn't moved much. So if you want to get in now, you might find opportunities outside of the graded prism cards. Uh, maybe you can go with a raw card and get it graded yourself, or you can go with my favorite brand select. I don't know if it's been moving or not. I know that I bought some four months ago at six bucks and I, I sold them for around 20 uh, recently. So they've moved as well, um, but not nearly as much as these prism cards. So if you're looking to buy now, I'd get creative buy raw buy select or optic or hoops. Uh, if they haven't moved too much, uh, but really just add these guys to the list of off-season targets. I think that's when you're going to want to buy them, when they've kind of pulled back from these highs. Uh, as far as Donovan Mitchell is concerned, you know, I think Jamal Murray kind of caught us all by surprise. He's been kind of a hot or cold player his entire career, and it looks like he's really putting it together. Um, Donovan Mitchell we knew was good. Um, he's already given us these types of performances before. Uh, he's another guy that I'm going to wait on. I'd love to have some long-term exposure to him. That whole class in 2017 is really impressive. And I, I think you're going to want exposure there. But again, I think it's an off-season pickup, uh, to be honest with you. If there's especially a dip, if they get kicked out here in game seven, um, we've seen with Ben Simmons, it's a month now and Ben Simmons is still going down a little bit. So you, you have time to wait, uh, you know, be patient. This is a long-term game for a lot of people. I know short-term flips are fun. Um, but keep an eye on the market movers, keep an eye on the prices and, and pick them up when they, uh, you know, what I typically like to do is find the spike 
and then go back to the beginning of it. And that's about the target price, right? So for Jamal Murray, we're looking at his prism card. If it gets back down to around that thousand dollar mark, that's when I start looking, not all the way up here at about 2000 where we're at now. All right, Simon, uh, what are we seeing with Mitchell? Yeah. And just to, just to illustrate, yeah, like what Brennan just said for the people who are listening and, and not watching the video. Yeah. That's, card jumped from about a thousand dollars to two thousand dollars within a span of uh two weeks or so so that's yeah i'm with brennan on on selling a card like that the donovan mitchell card uh not that that one's had a pretty significant leap as well it was about a thousand bucks on uh, august 14th and most recently it was selling for nineteen sixty, and that was on the thirty first. So that's a pretty significant leap as well. The optic cards again, kind of uh, going in a different direction. This one optic card went up pretty significantly, but it's 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 been a steady decline since about August twenty fourth. So August twenty fourth at the peak, it was at eight hundred and sixty four dollars, and most recently it looks like about uh, six hundred dollars. So that's for the 2017 optic uh, basketball hollow PSA 10 card. Yeah. There's also something to be said. I'm curious, like all, you know, Mitchell and Murray, we're getting about a high right now. This is the peak and Brennan, whoever wins here, they're going to lose the next round. And of course, like overall, their card's going to go up. I'd imagine over the last couple of months, but like they're not, neither one of these teams ever moves on. is not beating LA. Is that correct? I, I, I wouldn't put the chance at zero, but well, yeah. I, I would, I would say that, yeah, there's a very good chance they're going to get knocked out. And, and I also should note that I have nothing substantial in terms of like data and analysis to, to back this up, but very rarely have I seen over the course of this year, a player have two massive uh, spikes it, within a, a certain time frame. So even with Michael Porter Jr., you know, he spiked initially and then kind of slowly went up and stalled out. And so now that both Mitchell and Jamal Murray have sp- spiked in a way that they have, even a good series against LA, I don't think will drive their prices up too much higher. In fact, there's probably a lot more risk to try to buy them now and expect that. So, um, you know, I think that no matter what happens, unless the, the, like the unlikely chance they make a run for the title, like, I don't see them going much higher than this right now. Maybe, maybe a tick bit higher, but, uh, you know, yeah, whoever, whoever loses this is certainly going to see their prices come down. And then whoever loses to the Lakers is really just buying themselves another four to six games potentially. So, uh, yeah, I'm right with you. I think we've seen the run-up for both these guys. I think it's interesting. The optics optics are kind of not behaving in the same way. My hunch has always been strictly investors and not collectors and people enjoy the sport, go for the prism-graded cards. And uh, the more nuanced uh, you know, collectors and, and people who love basketball or even the lower-end investors will go for things like optic and select. So uh, I think prism has the chance to run high like we've seen, but I think it also offers an opportunity to run the opposite direction just as quickly. So I think that's why we're seeing optic behave a little bit differently. Um, the army of new age investors, many of who pr- might not have even known who Donovan Mitchell was before the bubble are running to, to get these graded PSA tens. Cause that's what, you know, they see on social media and stuff like that. So that's my hunch as to why we're seeing this behavior. And, and I think that gives us a little bit of safety in these secondary uh, brands. It's wild to think that but we're kind of in our own little bubble where in my world where a friend of mine who follows sports is like, yeah, I never heard of Jamal Murray until like a week ago. It's like, how have you never heard of Jamal Murray? How's this happening? I mean, you know, I'm in, a, I'm in my DFS bubble. We play him all the time. And like, he's, 
you know, always a guy who can put up, you know, 50 points in any given game. Um, hey, not 50 points, but hey, beer, this is our hazing session. Uh, I got to shoot my shot when I have a chance. But my, my, my Miami Heat against your Milwaukee Bucks, it's not 50 points, but Jimmy Buckets put a 40. I believe a 40 spot against him. Uh, we're going to talk about Butler in a second here. Are, are you in? Are you out? Are you a fan of Butler? I know. Take your emotions out of a beer. I know Milwaukee's rattled. You're probably going to beat. You're going to beat Miami. It's okay. I understand it. But hey, it's 1-0 now. So victory lap early. What do you think of Butler, uh, Beer? I, he was impressive last night. It was, it was hard not to be. You know, when they needed a basket, they, they leaned on him and he made it happen. So he's always had some appeal. At the same time, he just feels like he's not at the level of the the elite superstar as far as the the way people view him. I, I just don't see him ever being in the stratosphere of somebody uh, where his cards are going to just skyrocket up, you know, even off that performance, you know, these guys can speak more to what the market does. And we know the market now is very reactive. It can be day by day. So uh, I just don't know that he ever gets to a level where I want to highly invest in Jimmy Butler. I just don't know that he's a, uh, eventually probably a hall of famer, but more of a fringe guy in my opinion. So a great performance, no doubt. Uh, very impressive. Miami matches up very well with Giannis. So it, it was a scary matchup going in. Uh, kind of played out, not as I thought it would, but uh, they, they did what they needed to do on him. So I do think Milwaukee responds. But uh, Butler, I'm, I'm kind of lukewarm as an investment, uh, not a guy that I'm going to go out uh, and spend a ton of money on, especially now. You know, you're, you're going to buy very high on Jimmy Butler after that game. So I would love to hear what these guys think on Jimmy Butler. I just, I just don't know that he's ever going to be a, a top 10 guy. Very good NBA player, uh, just not a guy that I would ever want to invest a ton of money in in the card market. Yeah, so I don't think he's going to be a top 10 guy ever. He's 30. Like, this is, this is as good as it gets for him. Uh, he's really, really good. Uh, he, he has his reputation of being an overachiever, like a hard worker. He gives his teammates crap. Like, if they don't want to work hard, too. Like, I don't know if you're watching the game. He was talking about, like, he, he's like, yeah, whatever. Like, my teammates want to do what they want to do, but I'm not bringing my family here. This is a business trip. I'm not here to make any friends. I'm just here to play basketball. And, you know, there, there's been different stories about him in the locker room and all that. But, uh, I mean, he's been on four different teams in the last three years, right? Bulls, Minnesota, Philadelphia, Miami. He's a really, really good player. And I guess Philadelphia basically said, like, Tobias Harris is better than him, which is a weird thing to say. I don't agree. I mean, I like Tobias Harris, but not as much as Jimmy Butler. Um you know, not great pedigree coming out of college or even going to college. I don't think he was a highly sought-after guy. Um, love having him on my team. Uh, I don't know how consistent it's going to be. And, again, he's in the back end. He's, he's at 30. Uh, your, your thoughts here, Brennan, as far as Jimmy Butler. Great first game, but, you know, uh, he's probably not getting any better. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I think Beer's on the right track here. You've got a guy, like you said, who's at 30, um, so it's not like we have a ton of upside left. I mean, I don't see him getting multiple rings at this point. Um, and, and being in Miami, unless Giannis leaves, they're going to have to go through the Bucks every single season. So best-case scenario, if you were to add one ring to, to Jimmy Butler's career, is he someone you'd want to hold long-term for his legacy? And I don't think that's the case. I mean, uh, you could say the same things about Mitchell and Murray. They might end their career with no rings and, and all of that kind of stuff, but they're so young and they're flashing so much upside that the potential is still there. The potential for Jimmy Butler is just for him to do what we already know he's been. And if that wasn't good enough for his cards to be highly valuable, I wouldn't think that this one game would now turn him into a completely different player. So I'm right on there. Uh, and I always like to compare the players to other guys. And, and Chris Paul, it, I've talked about him before on the show, is a great player, one of the greatest point guards we've ever seen in the game. His cards aren't as highly as respected as some of these other guys. He's just not as flashy and, and as fun as someone like Trey or Steph. And 
he doesn't have all the pedigree either in terms of rings and, and MVPs and all that. So um, there's a very high bar for someone to hold value past their career being over. And I just don't think there's enough runway for Jimmy Butler to get there, just like Beer alluded to. Yeah, I really like Butler. Some people don't for whatever reason. And same thing with Chris Paul. Like, I don't think he's overwhelmingly beloved by the NBA community for, for a variety of reasons. And maybe that hurts his card value. But I agree. Great player. And people always give him crap for when well, he's never gotten to the second round, I believe. Is that what it is? And that's not necessarily always his fault. There are other reasons. But uh, what are we seeing here? Anything interesting here, Simon, as far as Jimmy, Butler, Jimmy Butler's card? I think his card price is pretty much reflecting uh, what you guys are talking about. Over the past month, it's been up and down. It's kind of every time it it, it peaks, it, it it hits another valley here. So it's it's definitely very choppy, very volatile, and that kind of reflects what you guys are talking about. And the most recent price was eight hundred ninety bucks for his two thousand twelve Prism PSA ten, and just a couple days earlier it was six hundred and five, and then a couple of days before that it was nine fifty. So it's 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 all over the place, and and that's kind of indicative of what you guys are talking about all right buy low opportunities on players that have been eliminated let's talk about Luka Doncic uh Brennan uh quickly as far as Doncic of course he was amazing in the bubble he got knocked out in the first round Porzingis we'll talk about in a, in a second his teammate got hurt which certainly didn't help and obviously a matchup versus the Clippers is a really tall task especially for a 21 year old I would imagine his card still went up despite the fact he took the L because he was spectacular and you're betting on you know 10 more years of him being uh, you know just incredible uh, talk about Luca, and then bring bring Zion to the conversation too, because of course he was at the bubble, but he did not make it. The, the Pelicans did not make it to, to the playoffs. It hurt. That, co- that cost me some American dollars, but you know people don't care about that. They don't care about. They just want to hear the information. Uh, Brennan Don, Doncic and Zion. What do you have to say about him? Sure. So starting with Doncic, I think sometimes you just kind of have to watch the players and not just look at the headlines and the stats. I watched that game and. and for very long stretches, he was the best player on the court. And we're talking about a court that had Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on it. And so when you look at a guy this young uh, that has that type of potential and can have that impact on a game, I mean, they took my, my ring. I had uh, the Clippers as the title favorites this year. They took them to six games with no Porzingis essentially. So, uh, I mean, the sky's the limit for Luka Doncic. His cards have been the arguably the most popular next to potentially Giannis and LeBron over the last 12 months. So we've seen a lot of his cards um, take a significant run upwards. Uh, And so I think we have to be a little bit cautious that it's been a constant run up for him. And now that he's not playing and they've been knocked out, we've seen a little bit of a dip for his cards, not a lot. Um, But I think he's a great long-term hold. You have to be very careful Um, about what fits your budget. I know that you might want to go after the graded prisms, um, but you can get things like hoops, like select, like optic, uh, off brands, like uh, potentially a Donruss or um, I love court Kings. Uh, So um, try to find something that's in your budget. And if you're buying raw, make sure it's in good condition. Even if you don't plan on getting it graded, it's always good to get things in good condition because it helps the resellability. Um, but it's very hard to find a, a, an affordable Luca card at this point. Um, but, you know, if you look, I think he's a great long-term buy. I mean, this is a guy who um, I, I, I don't know what the top five in MVP voting is this year. He's certainly going to stiff it if we don't know him already being in it. And at this age, that's just incredible. So I uh, love Luka Doncic. I think he's considerably safer than Zion. So Zion came in with the level of hype that we saw with Andrew Wiggins. Kobe Bryant himself said that Andrew Wiggins was the next Kobe Bryant. And so, uh, like, you know, yes, Zion was, um, you know, 
was impressive in high school. He was impressive at Duke and he was very good when he was on the floor, but I haven't seen enough from Zion to really justify him being in that upper echelon yet. And I'd expect his cards to, to kind of react that way. So in the off season, as they come down, um, I'll definitely be looking. I prefer jaw over, uh, jaw over Zion as a buy right now, just because of the price discrepancy and the fact that point guards and, and scores and distributors like jaw tend to be good investments uh, plus the the injury risk is always there with Zion. Um, maybe it's unfair just because he's so big. He didn't choose to be as big and fast as he is, but we saw it with Bo Jackson in football. He was almost too big and too fast and too strong that he, you know, injured himself. So I'm optis- I'm cautiously optimistic with Zion. I'm in a holding pattern with him. And I think there's better values out there. Guys like Tatum, guys like John ja Morant that are still very young, um, but offer just as much upside. All right, beer. Long-term investment. You got to pick one. You want Luca or do you want Zion? Luca all day. And, and I agree with Brendan. I, I I've been jaw over Zion as well. I have the same concerns. Is yes, he's a freak athlete, but maybe that goes away. What what if he gains 20, 30 pounds and now he can't jump out of the building and now he can't make some of these explosive plays that he's made? That's kind of been his game. The the explosive plays, the the highlight reel dunks, and you know sometimes that doesn't last. When when that gets zapped away. Now you're just another NBA body. So I think a lot of it is name value. Everybody saw him. He was hyped up, like Brandon said. Uh, and how long can he live up to that? So I think Ja has more staying power. I think he can only get better. See a lot of Russell Westbrook in his game. So he's got that flair. You know, that's, that's part of collecting is people looking at the guy, like watching him play, seeing him on the highlights. I just think Ja can give you a longer run of that than Zion can. And Luca. What else can we say? I mean, the, the guy is just phenomenal. And I agree. You watch the games and uh, he's something else. To be doing what he's doing at his age, the future is bright. I, I think only injury could stop this guy. And, you know, the card prices have kind of come down a little bit uh, from their peak. But uh, I would be st- buying, holding. I would not be selling uh, any Luca at this point. Marcus Morris can stop him, maybe. No. Come on. <laughs> come on, <team. laughs> If he punches him in the you-know-where, I think that's his only shot at it. Well, he was going to retaliate. If Bo- Boban made the greatest player of his, of his life. He stopped He stopped Luka from retaliating, and he saved some fantasy teams for people out there. But uh, that would have been – because, you know, there's only so many times, so much you can take from Morris. And I don't know if the first time was intentional or not. We're derailing the show. That's on me. My apologies. Uh, speaking of injuries, uh, let's talk about this. Brett, just give me – we're going to play buy, sell, hold in a second on a bunch of players that recently got hurt. Uh, but how do you determine if it's a buy, if it's a sell, if it's a hold? What do you base your answer on, like where the floor is right now, what you see as the potential ceiling? How do you approach the answer before you fire out the names? Yeah. So I, it, when injuries happen in sports, and especially from an investing perspective, I think it's always a reminder that you have to be absolutely sure that you trust the card, you trust the player, that you're very confident with the investment. Because I would almost argue we're calling this segment buy, sell, or hold, which was my idea, but selling is almost never the right idea when a guy gets injured. You know the prices are going to plummet, and if you were confident with the guy before he got injured, most injuries don't impact what that player will be in the future. Some certainly do. We've seen it with a guy like Derek Rose. Um, Boogie Cousins is a good example here recently. So things like that do happen, but in most cases, guys will come back with the way that sports uh, medicine is nowadays. And, and be just as good as they were before. And so, um, you know, I think first coming into the buy, sell, or hold decision, you have to understand why you invested in that player, what your initial time frame was for the investment, and whether or not you think the injury impacts who that player is. I mean, we've saw 
Paul George had one of the most gruesome injuries we've ever seen, and he picked it up there at the end of that series. He's playing just as good, and he's not as young as he used to be either. So, um, you know, I would I would say that uh, very rarely should you sell in that instance. Um, if you are convinced you need to sell, then you better sell fast because the, the prices are going to plummet and that you just might have to accept a loss. It could be as much as 20, 30, 50%. So um, if you feel like that's the only option, then you'll have to do that and reinvest that money in a better investment. But honestly, what I like to do is I like to sit. I like to wait. I like to see the prices come down and I like to buy more. Um, you know, Chief and I talked about dollar cost averaging on another show, and that's basically where you're buying, uh, where you're currently holding a asset or a card in this case uh, at a certain average price. And as the price goes below that average price, you buy again, and it now lowers your average cost of entry to that player into that card. And and so if I had bought Zion at 100 bucks, uh, he gets injured and he comes down to 50, and I buy again at 50 my average price is now 75. That's going to improve my long-term ROI. So that's the general concept around buying as a player comes down. Um, so if you're, if you're 50, 50 on a player after the injury, I, I would just hold. Uh, if you're still bullish on the player, I would wait for the price to come down and I would buy to try to lower your average cost of that player. Um, and, and so that's the general idea. It's almost never a good idea to sell, but sometimes like Boogie Cousins was probably a good idea to sell after that first injury. Yeah, I mean, he might get a title. He might get a ring this year, I guess, right? Wouldn't he get a ring if the Lakers win? But I don't know. If he's not going to play a minute, as far as I know. Uh, love Boogie. He was one of my favorite players to watch, and I hope he comes back. But he was a really big dude, is a really big dude. And what is it, the Achilles? Is that an Achilles mm-hmm. injury? That's undefeated, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think he's on the wrong side of 30. I'm pretty sure he's 30 or 31. But all right, let's 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 apply that thought process. You're going to bat first, Brendan. Let's apply that thought process to the concept of buy, sell, or hold. First, player up is Christoph Porzingis. What do you have for me? I'm, I'm holding. I, I'm, I'm actually a buy on his potential there with Dallas, but we've now seen over the course of his career a few injuries that have kind of slowed his progress down. So I'm, I'm a little bit concerned here with Porzingis um, in terms of him just being – I mean, I know we said the same thing about Anthony Davis, and that didn't slow down his card prices recently. But I'm holding with Porzingis, and if they get to all-time low levels, I might look to start buying. Um, but right now I'm holding. Beer? Hold for me as well. I mean, he's he's tied with Luca, you know, for for however many years, and that can certainly help. Just being in the spotlight, being visible, and and we've seen him be the be the one B to Luca, or when Luca's out, he can step in and take over for that team. So uh, a definite hold. Uh, I think there's a lot of potential there for that team if they can add another piece. I think they could contend in the West. So hold for me. Yeah, they're one player away. I think they're one yep. player away if they keep that nucleus for the most part. Uh, all right, Brennan, what about Ben Simmons? Is he, is he even going to be on Philly next year? I don't know, but I, I really don't care. I'm, I'm buying Ben Simmons here. I, I you know, I, I doesn't sound like his knee injury was as bad as, as you might think with him being left out of the series. I'd have to go back and check to see how the MRI went, but, um, Simmons is still so young and I, I believe has, uh, MVP potential. We've seen Giannis win an MVP with little to no jump shot. If, if Simmons can get at least something, uh, to, to spread the four a little bit, no matter what team he's on, I think he's a great player. Um, and you also have to factor in that his draft class didn't have a lot of population on their cards. So um, his pop counts are very much in check uh, back in, what was it, 2015 or 16? Um, so I love Simmons. I love the fact that his cards are rare. Uh, we've seen the similar thing with Giannis. And I, I think that the best years of his career are ahead of him. So I'm, I'm buying Simmons. Beer? 
I'm a hold. I, I don't mind the buy there. You know, the prices come down far enough. You, you can certainly take advantage of it. And I think that's what'll happen. It, it's out of sight, out of mind. You know, that people are going to kind of forget about them, speculate who, which, which one of the two is going to get traded. Are they going to keep them both? What does the future look like? So I agree. He can add a shot. I mean, this guy's all around game is, is triple double every night he hits the floor. That leads you to Sports Center and the highlights and the things that you're looking for on top of the production. So hold for me, but but don't mind the buy if they fall far enough. All right, Brennan. Uh, Dame Lillard, he's 30. Uh, feels, I mean, the way that Portland team is currently constructed, I feel like it's capped. It's got a ceiling. They're not going to go any further unless they add another piece. Will they add another piece? Uh, will we start seeing uh, Lillard fade to some degree? We haven't seen it anytime soon. Coming off an injury, we assume he's going to be fine or what? Uh, yeah, honestly, at this point, if his cards are still at the peak from what we saw in the bubble, I'm going to try to sell and get some of that momentum. He's certainly going to be coming down, but if you can still get him above where he was two or three or four months ago, uh, I'd probably sell and then potentially buy again in the future. Um, I agree with you. There's not only a ceiling on that team, but you've got a lot of young teams in the West that are coming up and that are going to be competing for those final spots. I Pelicans, of course, are a darling for for most NBA fans, I love the Grizzlies, um, and and we just saw the the Suns go undefeated in the bubble. So, like, who knows what's going to happen at the bottom of the West? But I agree with you. We've seen the best version of this Portland roster, and if you can take advantage of of Lillard's crazy run there in the bubble and those prices, uh, I'd sell and then uh, potentially look to buy if you like him long term. Here, Lillard. Sal, I mean, I, I think we saw the best of Damian Lillard, you know, in that that those games against the Lakers where he just went nuts. So I don't know that his cards can peak any higher than that, especially if he stays in Portland. I mean, let's be honest, it's a very small market. Uh, they're kind of that middle-of-the-road West team, like Brennan said. You got Golden State going to be back healthy as well next year, so that pushes him down uh, even further. And he's had how many years in the league where – it's kind of like Butler and he's better than Butler. I'll say, but it's the same kind of feeling like he's a damn good player. I'm not taking anything away from Dame Lillard. I love watching him play, but it feels like the perception is he's a step below some of the, the, the best players in the league. So what kind of ceiling are there on his cards? I think we've already reached that. So I would be selling on Damian Lillard as well. Triple J Jaron Jackson, Jr. Speaking of one of the teams in the rise that be the Grizzlies He's only 20 years old, coming off an injury, Brennan. Are we in or are we out? Uh, I'm a buy, not as confident a buy as I am with Ben Simmons, but I already touched on I love John Morant. Um, I'm a huge fan of the front office and the coach there, uh, Taylor Jenkins in Memphis. So I, ha- I think they have a good thing going. And Jaron Jackson, you know, surprisingly – has really high-level defensive uh, attributes on the court and also is shooting lights out from three. And so he's a big man that can play defense, which usually isn't great for card values, but I think he actually adds a lot um, from a shooting perspective and, and potentially could start to attack some closeouts. Uh, like you see with a guy like Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez isn't as fun because he's a little bit older, um, <laughs> and, and he <laughs> looks like a goof sometimes when he's out there. But, uh, man, that guy will pump fake and dribble to the rim and, and jam on you if you're not careful. So I, I expect similar things from Jaron Jackson. And if he's the Robin to John Morant's Batman, um, I think that is going to be good for his prices long term. I don't know how serious a torn meniscus can be, but he's he's so young that I, I expect him to get through that uh, just fine and, and be just you know himself on the other end. What do you have for me, Beer? I'm a more of a hold than a buy on him. I, there's still a lot to be seen, and yet the youth is really the selling point. He's still young. I think he can respond from this injury. Was playing very well before he did go down, and being there with Ja helps, but 
you also a guy like Brandon Clark. I, I'm a big fan of there and would not shock me to see Brandon Clark be the better player of the two. So I like what they're doing there, but it could push Jackson down the pecking order. And how many teams were their number three guy? Do we see the card values really go crazy on? So a hold because I don't want to sell. I do think there's potential there, but there are some other concerns as far as buying with him right now. All right, last one, Brennan. I know you talked about him on a previous show. Jonathan Isaac, just 22 years old, but he's coming off the most serious, I believe, injuries combination platter of, I want to say, an ACL and a meniscus. You correct me if I'm wrong. And Orlando's already come out and said he's not playing next year in 2020 to 2021. Of course, the presumption is next year starts sometime in December, so that would kind of you know move the schedule up. But And also he's in Orlando, and we haven't really seen anything yet. We've seen glimpses, but he hasn't done anything consistently for a variety of reasons. Yeah, I think it's going to be hard to sell Isaac at this point as his card values are so low. Uh, it's probably worth just holding. Um, this isn't his first trip down injury lane. He was injured earlier this year. He dealt with injuries over the last couple of years. So it, it pains me to say this because I thought Isaac had a ton of potential. Uh, the kid just is smart. He works hard. He's got a good head on his shoulders. I was really betting on him and Fultz really, you know, and Aaron Gordon putting together a nice young core there. And in the East, it's a lot easier to compete for the playoffs. They made it this year really with half the roster healthy at any given time. That being said, I just, he's lost now a good portion of two years of development time. And if he continues to deal with injuries, there's very little here. So I'm going to hold. And if we get at some point in the future, two, three years down the road, a spike of him showing some potential, I'll probably just sell. I, I, there's very few ways for him to get to the level of career I thought he had when he was healthy. And so if I can get close to break even or, or even a small profit on Isaac over the next two to three years, I'm going to sell and, and move on. Hopefully you don't have a ton of ton of money invested in Isaac anyways, because he was always more of a speculative play than anything. But uh, that's lost a lot of momentum here with the injury. I mean, it's really hard to recoup any sort of value, and this is the floor as far as selling, I would imagine. And you just got to hold and wait and hope. Uh, Beer, your thoughts as far as Isaac? I'd be leaning more on the sell. I, you know, that's that's a long time he's going to be away from the game. Is he ever going to be the same player? And I think his best attribute is hustle, defense. And we know in the card market that that's really not what people are looking for. So I think he can be a tremendous third, fourth guy in a team. I loved his role at Orlando. But like you said, Dean, what have we really seen out of him to say – I really want to invest in this guy. And are you going to wait it out for a year and a half? So if you're selling for pennies on the dollar, I would hold, but you got to think the the entry point was pretty cheap, even getting in on his cards in the first place. So there are still truthers out there. You know, there's a lot of people love some Jonathan Isaac. I think you could still squeeze some, some juice out of that stone and uh, sell now. If you wait too long, people see he's going to be out another year. You're, you're going to be holding the bag. So sell for me. All right, we're going to pivot from basketball to football. We're going to welcome Simon back in just a second. Do want to ask you one more time, uh, like, subscribe, uh, hit the comment section up. You know, talk to us, tell us what you want to hear on future shows. Tell us what you think of this show. Um, yeah, all right. Uh, Simon, welcome back to the show. What's up, dude? Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Simon, we're going to talk some football now. Yourself and beer, it's going to be good times for sure. Uh, talk to me about ADP, average draft, average draft position, in relation to sports card value, in relation to how we can take advantage of that potentially as far as buy. Yeah, it's like we mentioned earlier, we've been talking the past few weeks about how ADP might be a good way to get an idea of public sentiment on players and correlate that with their card prices to see if you're seeing a trend that shouldn't 
sh- that you don't feel in your gut should be the correct trend in, in a particular player and see if there's any way to get value in that player and, and invest in their cards now in anticipation of, of uh, better than expected performance during the NFL season. So I know both of you guys, both Simon, both Beer, you guys have been firing away at the best ball contests. Uh, you know, so you, you're locked in as far as ADP, average draft, average draft position. Simon, you go first. Give me one of your one of your favorite guys that you're targeting from an ADP perspective, of course. But then how that's going to correlate to you think they're a good investment from the card market as well. Uh, one of my favorite players is Deshaun Watson. He's going in the mid rounds right now. He's kind of under undervalued i think i think he's been getting a bad rap because uh hopkins left the team and whatnot so i don't think he's as valued as as he might have been in the past in in best ball and i think that is reflecting a little bit in his prices we've talked about him for the past few weeks in relation to dak prescott comparing their card prices and we've noticed recently we were targeting Dak when he was well below Deshaun Watson in anticipation of Dak having a huge year this year. But now Dak is above Deshaun Watson. You can see from this chart, Devin's calling it up now, that Watson's cards have fallen a little bit behind Dak Prescott right now. Dak Prescott is, is ahead of Watson. So I think that when you compare those two, I think Watson might be a little bit undervalued. I think that the two of them are undervalued in relation to Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson had a great year last year. He won MVP. He had a phenomenal year. But he's had one good year versus Dak and Deshaun Watson, who've been pretty consistent for multiple years. So I think people got a little bit ahead of themselves with Lamar Jackson. I think that might be an indication that there's room to run for both Deshaun and Dak to kind of catch up to that Lamar Jackson price a little bit. I think Patrick Mahomes is on a tier above all these guys. So Patrick Mahomes, like big prices are justified. But one good year from Lamar Jackson, we, we've seen his accuracy. It's not that great. You know, if teams and defenses figure him out this year, I think there could be some downside to Lamar's cards. But I also think, like I said, that the consistency that both Dak and Deshaun uh, have had in their careers give them room to run up. Yeah, so if you guys look at the screen, you're like, oh, those charts are pretty cool. How would I get to check those out? It's uh, the Market Mover tool over there at sportscardinvestor.com. And if you want to use that, use our promo code GRINDERS, G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S. You get 20% off your first subscription over there. Uh, Beer, your thoughts on that and introduce a player you're interested in. I agree, 100%. I mean, Watson's one of those guys that, that would not shock me to see him end up in that tier with Mahomes and Jackson. And he's he's just outside of it right now in drafts. Uh, cards, obviously, there's a big discrepancy there. So uh, it's a pretty good buy low. Yes, you're paying the money on, on a Watson, but he has that appeal. He has that it factor that we're looking for. And he showed it in college. We see it in the NFL. He is a highlight reel waiting to happen. And again, that's part of the selling point of cards is show me the guy that's always making the plays. And he certainly has that level of upside. So uh, I really agree there. I, I think he could come out and have another great season. He runs the ball a lot. If he can stay healthy uh, and Bill O'Brien can pull his head out of, out of his, his rear and maybe they put some players behind him and stop trading everybody away, uh, it would help the, the prices here for Watson. So I agree there with Simon. All right. And uh, add somebody to the conversation. 
I'm going to add Deontay Johnson, a wide receiver for the Steelers. And it, this feels very much like an Antonio Brown situation, Dean, where there was the, the established receiver and this young guy comes in, well, you know, not from a huge college, not really well known and uh, just comes in and makes plays. So, I mean, he led all rookie wide receivers with 59 receptions last season, 89% catch rate on third down, 91% catch rate on catchable targets. And we know like those targets were coming from Duck Hodges and and some other garbage. So he gets <laughs> they threw catchable passes, right? Yeah. So that ninety one percent, there there was probably only nine of them. You know, he caught <laughs> nine to ten, whatever the rate is there. But uh, with Ben back, with James Conner back, I really like the prospects here for Pittsburgh. He's an electric returner, uh, and Evan Silva talks about this a lot. Where there is a correlation with guys who are very good on returning the ball, translating into very good NFL receivers. So. There's just a lot of things in his favor. Super cheap right now. People, if you pulled 100 people in the street, uh, most of them probably don't know who the hell this guy even is. So I'm, I'm expecting a breakout here. Pittsburgh's one of those staple NFL teams. So you have that pedigree there. People want to watch Pittsburgh. I just think there's a lot of reasons why Deontay Johnson would be a major buy right now. I'm going to ask my friend that didn't know who Jamal Murray is if he knows who Deontay Johnson Def- is. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Simon, uh, you have a take as far as Deontay Johnson and introduce, introduce somebody else for us. Yeah, I've been on uh, Deontay Johnson for a while now, too, trying to accumulate his cards, especially the Optic uh, Contenders autograph cards. You can get those still under 30 bucks or so. So I've been trying to load up on as many of those as I can. Those are the raw cards, by the way. And, yeah, I'm with beer. I think uh, Pittsburgh has historically been – a wide receiver producing team and they pump out more elite wide receivers than beer pumps out six packs. So I think there's a good opportunity for uh, Deontay to have a big year this year. And his card prices to me seem really cheap, especially his ADP in best ball. I make it a point to grab him every draft that I'm in. And he's, I think you can get him in what, like the eighth or ninth round beer. Yeah, ADP is sitting at 88 overall right now. So you're talking early eighth round. So the sky's the limit here, and and it's not costing you a lot. Again, point of entry is is very cheap, and I don't get why it's all quarterback with NFL cards and and running backs and receivers uh, just get discounted. I I hope that turns around sooner and later. And I think with more fantasy players entering the card Mm -hmm. market, I think you're going to start to see a turn there. So I know you guys have talked a lot about buying low on – on receivers and running backs here. And I couldn't agree more. Uh, these, this is just one guy amongst many that, that you can buy low on right now. Simon, give us somebody else. Let's see. So I'm going to call up AJ Green's 2011 Topps Chrome football base PSA 10 card. And as you can see, the price on this card is only about 65 bucks, according to recent sales on the, on the market movers chart. So A.J. Green is another guy that's going late in drafts. He was out all last season with an injury. He's coming back. He's, he's on a good team. I think the Bengals are going to outperform this year. The Bengals in general, ADP and best ball is, is really cheap relative to how I think they might perform. And A.J. Green, you throw him with Joe Burrow, and I think there's a lot of opportunity there for a big year for him, and you can get him pretty cheap at this $65 price point for, uh, for a rookie card of a player that's accomplished so much in his career, and, and uh, sky's, sky's the limit as far as price if, if these wide receivers start taking off. All right, Beer, you're buying a, a resurgence, a comeback for A.J. Green. Is Burrow going to – you know, give him a second life here, 32 years old receiver, not really something that's sexy, but what do you have for me? A.J. 
AJ Green feels like Carmelo Anthony, you know, and I know Chiefs <laughs> been talking a lot about it, a guy that's just been phenomenal his whole career and, you know, a, a, a few down seasons, a few seasons of injury and we forget about him. But to me, this is a Hall of Fame player. This guy was lights out when he was healthy. So if I can come in and buy low on some of his rookie cards, like Simon said, I, I agree completely. I don't know how much more room there is for them to grow, but eventually, you know, he goes into the Hall of Fame. Maybe you see a jump down the line. So you might have to be patient, but I agree completely. All right, Beer. Uh, the next one you're going to talk about, you know, I just I just learned something mm-hmm. on air. Every once in a while, you learn something new every single day. I, You know, Hollywood Brown, you're a spoiler alert, you're talking about Hollywood Brown. Uh, I know Marquise. I, I thought his nickname was Hollywood because he's like a flashy receiver. Maybe that's the reason, and it's just a coincidence, but he was born in Hollywood, Florida, which is like 20 minutes down the road where I grew up. He went to Shamanah Madonna. I had no idea. Is, is it because he's flashy or is it because he's, you know, a flashy receiver? Or because he's is he's from Hollywood. I don't know. Everybody that's born in Hollywood is not nicknamed Hollywood. That doesn't work that way. Well, there but, can uh, only be one, Dean. <laughs> there can only be one. So for your sake, we'll just say because he was born in Hollywood, Florida. But <laughs> I, I absolutely love this player, you know. And, and the big selling point is he's tied to Lamar Jackson, you know. And, and that's what you kind of want to do is get the connection there with the guy everybody's talking about. Uh, and a guy who was injured a lot of last season. Now he's back. He's healthy. We know he's explosive. He's going to give you those highlight-level plays, added 20 pounds of muscle. So I just think there's a ton of upside here. Not as cheap as a Deontay Johnson. More people are going to know about him. I played at Oklahoma. He has that flash to him. But uh, this guy coming off that last season where he didn't do a ton, he, he showed us some explosive plays. Another cheap entry point here at the receiver position. All right. Uh, if you have any thoughts on uh, on Hollywood, Simon, by all means, share. Otherwise, give us give us your last player you want to talk about. I like Hollywood Brown, too. I think last year he had uh, less opportunity than he would have if he was healthy throughout the entire season. And I think the Ravens have, have already said that Lamar Jackson is probably going to be throwing more this season. And I think as the defenses catch on to their their running game, I think – that's that's definitely in the in the cards. So I think that Marquise Brown is a good player to target. I, I think ADP wise too, he's a good he's a pretty good target there. But um, yeah, his PSA ten right now for his Prism Silver is going for about three hundred and five bucks. Card wise, I think he's a little bit expensive, a little bit more expensive than I'd like to pay for him. I'd like to see those card prices come down. But if you see an opportunity where they dip a little bit, then I'd definitely be scooping him up. One last one for the road, Simon. What do you have for us? Let's see. I've got Baker Mayfield, who we've talked in the past about how these quarterback charts are difficult to find anything that you really can see some value in. And I'm looking at Baker Mayfield's chart for 2018 base PSA 10 card. And it's really been pretty flat since the beginning of August, which is a kind of an odd, uh, an odd look for a chart for a quarterback in NFL. Quarterbacks have been pretty hot. So I think there might be some opportunity there to scoop it up. I'm anticipating Baker Mayfield to have a better season than projected, uh, at least from an ADP standpoint. He's going in the uh, round 12, round 13 range right now. So there's some Public sentiment doesn't seem to be on his side right now, but I think that he's going to surprise this year. 
All right, Beer, thoughts there and close strong. Give us your final piece. Yeah, I think there's upside on Mayfield. You know, it came from a big program in Oklahoma. We saw him step in, and he was the, the talk of the league in that rookie season and, and really tore it up. And everyone had high expectations for the Browns last season, and we know what happened. So I do think right now it is about as low as he's going to possibly go. So uh, a guy that you can definitely get on low there, and we know quarterbacks are king. So I'll stick with that theme. I'm going to go to New York, Dean. I'm going to go with Daniel Jones uh, as my guy I want to buy here. And we know that New York market uh, can help you or can kill you. You know, if, if you're no good, uh, they're going to ride you out of town. But you have to like what you saw last season. And this guy put a ton of big games on the board. In fact, put four 30 fantasy point games up. Only Lamar Jackson did that. Jones was a rookie. Mm-hmm. So you, you saw some of the interceptions, some of the things you're going to deal with. But surrounding talent is there. Saquon Barkley, they're loaded up at receiver and tight end. I think this guy does take the next step. It's going to be a little rough early in the season. That early season schedule uh, is brutal, and that may be a time where this overly reactive card market, people start selling because he, he doesn't do well in these first couple games. I think that's the time that you're going to want to jump in when he is struggling in the beginning of the season. The schedule does open up, uh, but I see a bright future here for Daniel Jones. That's your buy-low opportunity. Probably after week three or four, those games are tough. Uh, get in at that point. All right, going to wrap it up. That's the show. Of course, as to his tradition, we do like to do our mail day cards. And uh, as you're, we're showing off our mail day cards, we want to give out our socials or anything you have going on. You want to make the people aware of, by all means, go for it. Uh, I don't have a mail day card to show off. Neither does beer. Uh, that says, uh, beer, you're going to bat first. And Brennan and Simon, I'll close us out of here. Beer, take it away. Excited to see these guys' cards for sure. But I'm at Beer Makers Fan on Twitter. Uh, like I said, Dean, in the opening, doing a ton of six-pack videos. Do have some best ball videos up covering every position on DraftKings, so make sure you check those out. We'll have our weekly NFL six-pack. You and I will be talking football every Sunday morning uh, with Grant, so I'm excited about that as well. So staying busy. All the sports continuing with the NBA uh, and MLB six-packs as well. So you can find those on Roto-Grinders, also on YouTube. Talking some NFL DFS in like 10 days or so on a Sunday. 10 o'clock Eastern in the morning. Does that sound about right? Get the the coffee ready for sure. Uh, Brennan, what do you have for us as far as your mail day? So I got my first SGC submission back. I'd sent out a few fun cards. Uh, Not everything for me is is strictly investment. So I sent out some fun cards to see if I liked the process. It took a little longer than expected, but that's the norm nowadays with with any PSA, BGS, or or SGC. Uh, I got a Giannis Purple Wave Prism. I believe that's 2019. Uh, So this year's product. It looks really slick. Uh, And I actually like the vet, the, the... Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame parallel modern cards. So you don't have to always go with rookies, I don't think. So I'm very happy with that. And in a similar uh, in a similar vein there, you've got a nice uh, light blue Kawhi Leonard SGC 10 card. Um, I'm very happy about that one. I thought it looked really good with the Clippers uniform. And uh, so we'll see. I don't plan on selling either of those. Those will just add it, be added to the collection. But uh, pretty excited to get those back and pretty happy with the grades. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the DFS advisor. Uh, and then you can check me out in the discord as I have time. I'll jump in there and kind of chop it up a little bit. Yeah. Join that Rotor Grinders discord. Doesn't cost you anything to join the discord and talk to uh Brennan and Simon and chief and all sorts of people that know a lot, a lot of things when it comes to the sports card market. Uh, close us out here, Simon. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Yeti boom films. I'm also in the, RG Discord, like Brennan was just mentioning. And my card of the week is this 
Luka Doncic clear shots card. It's uh, it's from the illusions that just came out. I was able to find some in the wild this week, and I love these acetate cards. I think illusions getting kind of a bad rap right now, but I think the acetate inserts that you can find in this set are are great. I like them better than uh, stuff I found in Chronicle, and I I I think it's it's getting a pretty bad rap. I think people might come around to these acetate cards. All right, uh, that's the show. I do want to thank everybody for watching. Again, like and subscribe. And one last time, if you like the uh, that market move we're still been showing off, check out the uh, the promo. 20% off your first payment of any subscription at sportscardinvestor.com with the promo code GRINDERS, G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S. For beer, for Brennan, for Simon, I was Dean. This is Sports Cards. We're out of here. Holler. Go Heat. <laughs>